honestly, I, I love to learn things. Like even a lot of these fiction books are books by people who have done their research. And I yeah. really like that. Welcome back to another episode of All Booked, Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, where we talk to you about the books we'd like to recommend. And Chasley is joining us with a very special challenge this year. In honor of 2021, she is going to review 21 books in 21 minutes. But before we do that, can you tell us where this idea came from? Because I can't remember. Oh my goodness, I have no idea. I think at some point I was like looking at my Goodreads list and I was like, oh, I've read a lot of like really recent books this year. And then I was like, have I read 21 of them? And I'd read even more. And so I was like, I got to do this. Oh, this is the ultimate librarian flex. Then. Uh, oh, yeah. It really absolutely is. I wanted to do the whole thing in rhyme, but I quickly oh, wow. failed. Uh, but that, that is, would be the ultimate librarian right? flex. That's my goal for 2022. I'm going to start working on it early. Maybe like as I read, I'm going to be like... Just do okay. like little rhyming reviews. Rhyming there are two reviews. lines yes, each. Two what lines, did you do couplets. in 2022? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and couplets for two for 2022. Yes, oh, my gosh. Beautiful okay. couplets. It's rhyming done. couplets. Okay. We're, we're All right. This. Stay tuned. Check back with us <laughs> One year. in December of 2022. But yeah. for now, presenting 21 books in 2022. 21 minutes. All right, are we ready? Number one, if you like funny, sweet books about the afterlife, Leslie, stop shaking your head. It's called Under the Whispering Door by T.J. Klune. I don't like books about the afterlife, but I would read anything by T.J. Klune. If you don't like quirky writing and optimism, then stay away from him. I mean, like books by him, not like the person, unless you're violent, and then stay away from T.J. Klune. Number two, <laughs> Apples Never Fall by Leanne Moriarty has a slow start and doesn't get great. I mean, like, it's okay, but honestly, I only mention it because you should read her book last anniversary instead i left my butt off all the way through that one <laughs> number three the madness of crowds by louise penny is the latest in my favorite mystery mm-hmm. series it starts in this post-pandemic dream we all wish we were living in if you want a mystery series that is thoughtful and is set in gorgeous quebec or if you want to slowly fall in one-sided love with a main character this series is for you so brief pause yes. is this an order of importance or order it is of you- not okay just making sure we were we were going to number four is right it in so chronological order for what you read no nope. no nope. okay is, so there's uh, in no the order in which order. i wrote it down as i was l- looking through my good reads. There we go. okay. my and favorite order all. yes <laughs> number four if you read or were forced to read by your main mean co-workers migrations by charlotte mcconaughey <laughs> you'll like her book once there were wolves which is sort of similar it's dark it's beautiful. It's well-researched. Do you remember when they reintroduced wolves to Yellowstone National Park? Yes. And everybody was like, I don't understand why they're doing that. Well, I understand now, thanks to Charlotte McConaughey. <laughs> Number five, Below the Edge of Darkness is the most fun book about bioluminescence that I have ever read. Dr. Witter is funny and fascinating, and she does this great job of bringing you into those moments of awe and discovery with her when she's in like this deep sea submarine. So if you love oceans, giant squid, or just excellent nonfiction, read this book so wait how many books about bioluminescence have you read i mean like at least four but like oh, wow. most That's of impressive. them yeah like i mean I, I, it's one of my my topics that if i see a book about bioluminescence i'm gonna be like oh <laughs> that's shiny i love that okay number chilling, six so. <laughs> one last stop by casey mcquiston is the time travel lesbian romance we've all been waiting for number seven the heiress the revelations of Anne de Berg by molly greeley 
If the subtitle sounds familiar, she's a minor character in Pride and Prejudice. Oh. You remember Lady Catherine de Bourgh, who's the mm-hmm. rich patroness who tries to warn Elizabeth away from her nephew Darcy? It's her daughter, the one who, like, she had tried to set up with Darcy and they had been, like, promised to each other, but it didn't work out. Anyway, this book is not a Pride and Prejudice retelling. Actually, the whole plot takes, the whole plot of Pride and Prejudice takes up less than a chapter in this book. It's her life and it's it's grittier and it's, it's good. And if you like Regency England, and who doesn't, then you definitely want to read this book. If you've ever read a book by Laurie Frankel, you know that every book by Laurie Frankel is completely eye-opening in the best possible way. I will tell you what I loved best about this one. The whole town had suffered these horrible injuries because of their work at this factory. And after that, they redesigned the entire town to make it easier for people who were blind or who used wheelchairs. And you'll read this and you'll think, why isn't the entire world like this? It's fantastic. The book itself is super good, but like that part, like I've never stopped thinking about that. Please tell me that OSHA like fixed the conditions of the factory or something, right? In the end, revenge is had. I will say that. (laughs) Number nine, Wendy Darling by A.C. Wise is an adult horror trip to Neverland. Don't read it if Peter Pan is your favorite story. But if you like the creepiness, like the vague creepiness of the original story, then this is a good one for you. If you're not sure, I will say the words mermaid skeleton, and you can take it from there. Number 10. I just finished the latest in Diana Gabaldon's Outlander series. It is marvelous. The TV show is actually fantastic, too. Now, I love that her books include a little bit about, like, the plants and animals around their her characters on their travels. And I learned last week that Diana Gabaldon has a PhD in behavioral ecology. Make no mistake, though, these are time travel love stories. They are not at all textbook-like. They are easy to fly through, and I have lost a lot of sleep doing that. And they also have a very literary bent to them as well, right? Very I mean, lush writing. People keep saying that. <laughs> but to me, there is something about, like, literary novels. It, it takes a little bit more focus than just, like, pop fiction. And I have never found that to be the case. Like, she describes stuff super good. But, like, it's not, like, long-winded. It sounds very natural. It's okay to that... like historical romance, guys. It doesn't need to be literary. Right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. If you want something literary, yeah, then totally. It definitely is. Of course. <laughs> Number 11, for an alternate reality book you can read in a day. The 22 Murders of Madison May. Such a fun story, uh, like a satisfying ending. You will want to reread that 22nd murder again and again, like 22 times. Like, it's so good. Number 12, The Kingdoms by Natasha Pulley is like my fifth or sixth time travel book this year. Like, I love time travel books anyway, but like this year, I was like, I'm just reading everything I can find that has it in it. I was just in that mood. Uh, it ended great. The characters were super good. It make It's one of those that'll make you think a lot about like the possible effects of time travel, which is super fun if you like that kind of thing. And it has tortoises. Number 13, Rivers Solomon. Everything I've read of theirs I want to describe as like a beautiful and heartbreaking nightmare. And their book Sorrowland is kind of like that, but it's different from everything. Not just everything by River Solomon, but like everything ever. If you're good at suspending disbelief to really get into a tale, then this is a good one for you. Leslie, I think you would like this one. It's super creepy. A lot of their writing is more magical realism bent too, right? Yes, okay. yes. And there's definitely that in there too. But yeah, it'll keep you in, until the end being like, what's 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 happening here? <laughs> <laughs> that does end up my Ollie. Yeah, there you go. Number 14. It's been 30 years since Ender's Game was published. And if you didn't read the whole series and then the accompanying series, Ender's Shadow, about the character Bean, first you want to do all that. And then you want to read this one, which is the ending of both book series. Like they come Ooh. together at the end. This is like more than just like an epic sci-fi fantasy series. It is ideal for people who love science and philosophy and good alien species, which is my favorite thing besides time travel and tortoises. 
<laughs> and Number, bioluminescence. And bioluminescence. I love all the things. Number 15, The Hummingbird's Gift by Cy Montgomery is a tiny little memoir of her work rescuing baby hummingbirds. And yes, there are pictures. <laughs> Number 16, the Wife Upstairs by Rachel Hawkins was a sort of Jane Eyre reimagining. I love Jane Eyre. I have a copy permanently on my phone for whenever I need it, both the ebook and the audiobook. So there's no way that I'm going to love this retelling, but I did read it. And her idea was that she thought that Jane deserved a happier ending than in the original story, which... Okay. Number 17, <laughs> The End of Men by Christina Sweeney Baird was written during the first year of the pandemic about a pandemic. All of the men on Earth catch a virus and die. There were so many details about a manless world that I never would have considered, like how seatbelts and the size of mobile phones are based on the average size of a man's body and everything else is too. So like that's really like, I mean, I mean like there's the book is about a lot more than that, but like just that, like thinking about how a world without men is in a lot of ways really fundamentally different. Bonus book. There is also a nonfiction book that is specifically about how all of these studies are never done on women. So things are just naturally going to be worse for women because they're not made for them. Oh. It's also very true with medical studies. Yeah. Well. Oh, like yeah. medicine and things like that. Yeah. I would bet you money that she had read this book. Probably. Yeah. It's okay. So like you would think, but it's not, it's not like a militant feminist manifesto. This is a story about like competent, powerful women who survived this horrific disaster and they have this determination to, to not just like survive this all, but to like thrive in this new world that they've created for themselves. So it sounds like a bummer, especially if you like men, I guess, but, but it's really like a hopeful and it's a wonderful book. Number 18, Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro. <sighs> okay, the reviewers liked this book a lot. Um, <laughs> I think it was nothing new. It was a robot story, and yeah, it's about the human condition and whatnot. But and Ishiguro is a good storyteller. Like, So you can definitely read the book like, and enjoy the book. But it's I just don't think it's the earth-shattering book that the reviewers said it was. I liked his book Never Let Me Go a lot more. Not the movie, though, because that was terrible. Number 19, Charlie Thorne and the Lost City by Stuart Gibbs is a sequel to Charlie Thorne and the Last Equation by Stuart Gibbs, and they are incredible and thought-provoking, and I love Charlie so much, I just want to hug her and keep her safe, and she would totally hate that. These are adventure novels with an edge of what I want to call futurism, because it's like, it's fantasy, but it's not like thousands of years fantasy. It's like, what could be happening tomorrow fantasy. Ah, okay. Um, and I hope he writes a thousand more in this series, because honestly, I will read them all. Number 20, The Initial Insult by Mindy McGinnis. If that title pings something in your mind, this is a novel based on A Cask of Amontillado, the short story by Edgar Allan Poe, Ooh. but with teenage girls. And if you haven't read everything that McG Mindy McGinnis has ever written, you absolutely should because she's a genius. It's true. Drum roll. Drum roll inserted for the next, the 21st. Number 21, Alone by Megan E. Freeman, is a middle grade novel for those of you who loved Hatchet and Island of the Blue Dolphins. It's a novel in verse in the near future United States in which a girl's whole state's evacuated because of a suspected invasion. And so she's alone, fending for herself in this modern city as the power goes out with no way of knowing how long she's going to have to wait or how far she would have to go for help or if leaving home right now would lead her right into the hands of an enemy army. And I saved it for last because I think it is the best book that I've read this year. 
And there you have it. We have 21 books in 11 minutes. If there was Dang. anybody that I knew could accomplish something like this, it well, would this be is, Chasley. This is where we have our few minutes of discussing exactly. some of the books that we heard. Yeah. So it definitely seems like time travel, as you said, was something that you were really focused on. Does that have anything to do with when you two skip forward or backwards in time from this dark, dark place <laughs> in human life? I won't say that's not a factor. Uh, but no, actually, I've always loved time travel. Okay. I, I mean, like, I, I am like most of humanity that's interested in time travel. I first read H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, mm-hmm. like, as a teenager. And so, of course, since then, I'm like, ooh, tell me more. <laughs> Are you setting your reading goal for next year? I really don't set reading goals. I mean, like, obviously, I'm going to make sure that I'm focused a little bit more on grabbing book- books from the new book area. But I really like just, like, the whimsy of, like, stumbling across, like, whatever. This year, I did do the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge. Oh, yeah. And that was really fun. It helped me select some books that I might not have selected for better or for worse but I finished it and that was really exciting I don't think I will do it again at least not next year but it was fun and this is our librarian if no one remembers Chasley from previous episodes who will pick up books and not have read even the inside flap so she really goes into things blind sometimes I I am a sucker for a good book cover Mm -hmm. Um, and like that is sometimes that is all I need and honestly that's how I came across like River Solomon to start with yeah is because um there was that beautiful book about the mermaids which yes the deep oh my goodness and Mm -hmm. I'm so I am so glad that I judged that book by its cover and picked it up Was there any specific, like, mood that you were going through this year that you think is reflected in your book choices? Like, there's a big range in there, but did you gravitate towards one type of book in general? I would definitely say that I tend to, when I'm just blindly choosing, pick female writers. I... Especially in sci-fi, just because I find that there are fewer, and I believe that's changing, but it's it's a very different perspective. And so that's been really exciting for me. I have been very in a sciencey mood this year, and I don't know if that's pandemic-driven or just, like, part of the natural evolution of people's brains. But I was mm-hmm. like, I want all the sciencey, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or both. It does seem like that, especially because you tend to drift towards like ecology related things yeah. like nature and, and and animals and all of that goodness that it would just naturally lead you to choosing things that have a sciencey bent yes and i do i'm i'm i bird watch and so yeah. like whenever i am looking at books like if there's wildlife in it and especially if it's a birdie type wildlife then i'm <laughs> definitely going to be picking that up so since all of these were published in 2021 could you tell how much the pandemic had influenced the authors and their writing so That was super interesting because there were only one or two books that really had anything like mentioned it at all. Several more of them mentioned it in their like afterword or author's note. And I think that that is probably because with the huge delay in publishing, lots of these books weren't. I mean, they were written really before the the pandemic even began. And so um, I'm really interested to see next year if we're going to have more books. I've noticed that there are a lot of like picture books that are about the pandemic and Mm -hmm. about the time when you have to stay inside and, you know, find things to do or helping mom work from home is one of the one of the the top topics this year. But I haven't seen it as much in novel length works. And so that'll be really interesting in the next couple of years to see how that develops. The the one that I read that was the most obvious without being like this is about a pandemic was a psalm for the wild belt because it was exclusively about the difficulty of like picturing your worth or value in society not connected to your work so it's not necessarily pandemic-y but the whole time i read it i was like oh this is something someone would write 
when their entire world is turned upside down and they can't work for a living anymore. And they're like, what use am I (laughs) if I'm not contributing? Oh, I read Um, that book and that never connected in my brain. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially because like we live in a society that is very like based on what you can contribute back into the society. If you are unable to do that, either from the whole world shutting down or like sickness or anything i imagine that's like one of the first things you go through is like what's the point of being alive if, <laughs> if i'm not contributing uh, and the whole point of that novel was like you don't have to yeah you're you're a miracle of the universe and yeah. if you just live in a cave and watch mushrooms grow that's okay oh man she is such a gift to the universe like <laughs> yes really i read is. that book and i was like i'm gonna do whatever i want and it's okay <laughs> I will tell you that one of these books does mention the pandemic at the end. And so I was kind of curious if, like, she'd written uh, – there's a spoiler. She had written the whole book and then got to the end of it, and she was like, oh, well, that's one way to end it. (laughs) Interesting. That's right. You have to read all 21 books to figure out what secret book she's talking about. (laughs) Are there any themes that, as you were reading throughout the year, that you are now over and done with? You're ready to see authors move past? That is a very interesting question. Nothing jumps out right in my mind because I tend to, if I get 20 pages into a book and if it's like too gross or too anything that I, I don't, I don't finish it. Like I, I don't have a lot of, there are a lot of books. Yes. <laughs> and so. Life's too short. Yeah. I was trying to think if there was anything that I started this year and I just can't think of anything that there was, that I started that I was like, no, I'm done with that. Is there anything that you want to finish a book with like a feeling that you want to finish a book and be like if you have that feeling like oh this was a good book i i, I want that the same feeling that i feel every time i finish a becky chambers book <laughs> that like that hopeful joy i love that <laughs> and honestly I, I love to learn things like even a lot of these fiction books are books by people who have done their research and i yeah. really like that i i love to get to the end of a book and feel like i am smarter and not dumber there you go. So we didn't feature these. I was wondering if you're going to, you know, as a way to cheat. So props to you that you didn't do it. But what was your favorite picture book that you read this past year? Oh, that would have been a good cheat. Man, oh, man. I know. It's our, it's our second bonus book. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Next week, it'll be 21 picture books in 21 minutes. Oh, my gosh. I could totally do that. Honestly, I could probably do that sitting here. I just read one, and it'll actually be on the the New Ed and Kids monthly newsletter. newsletter next month. And so if you forget it, you can be reminded. It's called Princess Unlimited, and it's about a princess who doesn't like the way that her kingdom is being run economically and so she tries to booster the stores of gold and to more (laughs) successfully use what her parents have accumulated and uh honestly she's fantastic like she becomes close friends with like the one of the maids in the kitchen and she becomes her like associate princess to help her run things and (laughs) associate princess i love it so great i love it honestly it was it was one of like a thousand terrific picture books that came out this year it was a good year i mean it's always a good year it feels like (laughs) what's a book that you read enough of that you're still wishing you, you had stopped earlier. <laughs> there are so many. Honestly, I, I kept picking up mystery books, and I hate to say that because I, I do love mystery and I mm-hmm. love good mysteries. But yeah, I picked up several mystery books this year, and it wasn't that anything particularly like just. But I was like, ah, well, there's a formula, and I I don't mm. really care. Ah, uh, yeah. And I finished them, and yeah, there was this one, and I honestly, I'm I'm kind of glad that I can't remember the title because you might read this book and absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. But she was like. 
her husband disappeared. And she was like, oh, is he the good guy or is he the bad guy secretly? And honestly, I just didn't even care. Like, I read the whole book. I don't even remember whether he was the good guy or the bad guy. That's how little it interested me. And I think that part of that, too, is that there are lots of super serious things going around right now. And, like, the idea of... It just felt like they were just, like, making up conflict for the sake of the drama. And I was like, meh, meh. So. Too small which, of a conflict. Which one of the books on your list do you think would make a particularly good gift? Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, of course, it depends on who you're buying for. Right. But if you were buying for somebody on the younger side, the Charlie Thorne series by Stuart Gibbs is super good. For an older person, I would definitely say... Other migrations book? Yeah, they, no. <laughs> no. I mean, like, it's a good book, but, like, oh, it's rough. It is rough, rough, rough. <laughs> if you think that they would be open to The End of Men by Christina Sweeney Baird, like, I, I'm sure lots of men probably wouldn't enjoy, like, reading a book about the men ending. But, like, it's it was just super clever and, and smart and fascinating. And, I mean, there are men who survive, just not a lot of them. And so... It's um, okay. It could have been you. And they're prized possessions after that. They're even more precious. They're so important. Graphic novel series, Why the Last Man. Yeah. What? There's, There's a graphic a... novel series about a pandemic that wipes out most men. It's called Why the Last Man. Oh, mm-hmm. that's sad. Okay. Um, if it, you guys. want a good stocking stuffer, the Cy Montgomery book would fit in a stocking. The hummingbird one? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that it is appropriately small. It's appropriately small. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much. Yes, thank you. And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.